What is up? It's the three and D podcast, a podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues network of podcasts, along with the starting five, the core four, uh, the long view with Parker Fleming and GBB live with Joe Molinax. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. And you can find my co-host as always at not the golfer. And he is Ben Hogan. Ben, it has been a long, long time since we have talked. What is up? What's going on, man? Yeah, uh, a little bit longer than the All-Star break. Our break was a little bit longer, but uh, yeah, man, it's good to good to be back on. You been busy? Uh, yeah, so we it's not that we haven't wanted to do this. It's just that um the way that our schedules have played out um the Collierville girls basketball is in the heat of the playoffs right now um and then uh you've been doing your new new gig over the news station on top of covering Grizzlies games in the arena uh just the way the schedules have played out we haven't been able to get together until now so uh life kind of life kind of happens sometimes yeah yeah it does and uh that's just that's part of it and uh Glad we're able to squeeze in a little bit of time here here tonight. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be back on with you. Definitely one of the highlights of of talking about the NBA is is, is doing this uh, here with you. So let's let's just jump right into it. Um, we just got uh, on the other side of the All Star break. Games are going to kick off uh, back off tonight. Um, the All Star break is officially over. So we're going to kind of give you a preview of what's to come the rest of the way for the Grizzlies. It's not really a halfway mark considering they've played 60 and um, they've got 22 left. So they're, they're more like three quarters of the way done, which is going to be good for um, the rest. Their games are going to be a little more spread out down a stretch, but let, let's, let's save that for the end. Let's talk about the all-star break itself. Um, Desmond Bain was knocked out first round of the, the three point contest and, um, I'm personally not shocked that Cat won. It's an event that's kind of catered to a guy that shoots like him where he's kind of flat-footed and can reload a little bit quicker, um, doesn't have to jump on his shot. Um, set shots are always a better way to go in those kind of competitions. Um, and then Ja played in the All-Star game. Well, he was in the All-Star game. He didn't really uh, play. So I don't, I don't know if he was just kind of still nursing – the ankle or if the goal was like, Hey, I'm not about to go hard and get hurt and risk what we're doing in Memphis. Um, he got his couple of highlight moments in and then was out. Uh, ben, were you uh, offended or worried or whatever the rest of basketball Memphis uh, media is worried about with John, the all-star game and how he didn't play in the fourth? No, I mean, honestly, I, I really don't care. I mean, People that were complaining about it are the same ones that are like, well, oh, the Pro Bowl, like the Pro Bowl is terrible. Why do they have these all-star games? All-star games aren't great. And then it's John, it's like, well, he didn't play. He only played, what, 17 minutes. I mean, who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? He's there. And he was the talk of Twitter, you know, Thursday, Friday with his – Friday, Saturday with his, his video on the plane, which I had no problem with. And then he was the talk of – People at the All-Star game, like players, and everybody was talking about how great Ja was. I mean, he he got his flowers. And sure, it'd been great to see, you know, get see Ja get MVP, but at the end of the day, it's like it's an exhibition. 
And it, to me, it's not that big of a deal. You go to an exhibition game at FedEx Forum and, you know, job plays 17 minutes, you're not all up in arms about it. I mean, I understand it's the best players in the world and everything like that. But at the end of the day, like everybody recognized Ja as the next superstar in the league. He's got next type deal. He's, you know, everybody recognized that over the weekend. So it was kind of nice to see that Just for the game itself. It is what it is. I mean, final was 163-160. Never going to see that in a real game. Ja's six points, all dunks. That's cool. You know, it is what it is. I'm not up in arms. Um, about the whole situation what about yeah, I think, you i think there's a whole pecking order as far as mvp like the the popular narrative was that jaw is going to come out with that chip on his shoulder and want to prove you know on that stage too and he's going to come out and but I, I do believe in the narrative that there's a pecking order and that it ain't his time to go out there and win all-star game mvp quite yet um and so that's that's fine it, who who freaking cares um, he was the talk of the weekend um, on, all throughout the weekend. Um, I don't know if you've actually seen this graphic um, that kind of came out today. It's it's each fan base's most loved player that was done by a study on Reddit that does not include a player on the team's roster. So fans of the Nets, the Bulls, the Pistons, the Warriors, the Pacers, the Timberwolves, the 76ers and the Jazz all love Ja Morant. We finally have a player in Memphis that is beyond Memphis. And if he's not dropping 30 in an all-star game, his first all-star game, it's really not that big of a deal. No, it's not. And that's awesome to hear because some of those teams are teams that the Grizzlies are going to be competing with for Western Conference supremacy when the playoffs come around. And very rarely do we see that, like, you know, when the Grizzlies were in the playoffs, you know, I mean, I guess I, I like Durant with Oklahoma City, but you, you didn't really hear about, like, my favorite player now in the Grizzlies is one of the team's best players that you may have to beat to get further in the playoffs. And that's kind of where we are right now. And real quick on the pecking order type deal, there is. I mean, I saw a video from – I forgot what year the All-Star game was, but it was Allen Iverson before before the game, and he was just joking around. It was a bunch of young guys. I mean, it was when, you know, it, Kobe and it was like – I think LeBron's maybe his first or second All-Star game. And he just started pointing out all the young guys. He's like, you, 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 and you, you you're all going to play the whole game. Like he was just like kind of hazing the young guys. He's like, y'all are going to play the whole game, and I'm just going to go in there and – play a few minutes when I want to go play, I'll play when I don't, I don't, I won't, you know, type deal. And that's kind of how it is. You know, it's uh, there's a reason why it's team LeBron, you know, I know it's, he's earned that. I mean, there's a reason why it's team Durant. I mean, these are the elder statesmen. These are the best players in the league. They picked Ja. I mean, Ja was one of the first players picked. He's an all-star starter. I mean, everybody wants to see him. Everybody wishes him well, but to be upset because your favorite player didn't only play 18, 17 minutes in the All-Star game. I mean, again, who cares? If he played 35 minutes and pulled up with an injury, the the narrative would have been, why did he play 35 minutes? Why is he in there so much? You knew he got injured right before the play, uh, All-Star game. I don't know why they kept him in there. I mean, that would have been the narrative then. So it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, it's, it's never enough, like – 
people were saying that uh, you you'd be crazy to to bet this team to to be anything more than a 500 team because they got rid of Jonas Valanciunas and now all of a sudden they're the third best team in the NBA and so the narrative is going to shift and it's going to be oh it's a failure of a season that they don't win a playoff series and it's just like John Morant you know we're gonna he deserves the all-star game he deserves the all-star game and he gets there and now it's not enough that he's there he's got to be the MVP of the all-star game it's just it's ridiculous and um it's he's he's probably not going to have a season the rest of his career that he's not an all-star if he's healthy. So it's going to be okay. Um, and like you said, um, it'd be wild if they did that survey uh, during the grit and grind era and a Memphis Grizzlies fan said that Chris Paul was my favorite non-Grizzly. Like you're not a true Grizzlies fan. If that's who your favorite player would be, right? Like, seeing some of the you know like you said these these teams like the jazz saying that john morant was their favorite non-jazz player the one uh, the one for the grizzlies i don't know if you saw it was mike conley so go figure wow yeah i mean uh, also golden state i mean that that franchise is you know their guy is steph curry he's a he's a shooter you know he shoots from all over the all over the court, Clay Thompson, shooter, you know, and then John Morant is one, you know, guy that gets above the rim. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see like what team's best player is compared to what Ja is and how the fan bases see, you know, a different player uh, as their favorite player. Yeah. Um, so shifting gears, we, um, what do you want to do? You want to do um, what we talked about at the beginning of the season, or do you want to preview the final 22? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, go over kind of not necessarily recap the first half of the season, but kind of go over. We did that whole bet the bear uh, podcast. And uh, I mean, I went back and listened to it to kind of jot down some things that a few hits or misses and everything like that. I will say the rookie of the year, we both uh, fell short. We both had Jalen Green. Um, I don't think he's going to get it this year. Uh, no. Just uh, He's got to have, you know, 40 and 10 pretty much every night if he wants to get into that race, because I think uh, it's probably going to be Kate Cunningham. Uh, you did mention Dark Horse. I will give you props on this. Your long shot was Giddy, and he's been rather impressive this season. So that was uh, – I, I, I mentioned Giddy? As your long shot bet, yeah, for Rookie of the Year. I was wrong about him too. Um, as far as the rumored interest in the Grizzlies trading up to get him, I hated that. And then the only reason I think I picked him as a dark horse was because he was going to just have the minutes and he's going to have the ball in his hand to put the stats up for it. But man, he's been good. Yeah. Uh, most improved player. We both thought Jaron had a good shot uh, at winning that. Uh, I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think Desmond Bain may be the uh, leader in the – well, I guess John Morant's probably leading in the clubhouse for the Grizzlies. And we mentioned John Morant because he was plus 3,000 uh, for most improved player uh, coming into the season. And we said that, like, we wouldn't bet it, but, I mean, we'd sprinkle maybe a little bit on it. But if he won most improved, that means he had to have been a top five MVP candidate. So We're not, we're not far off. I don't think I, we're not wrong right now. We're not wrong. I don't think. Um, 
middle of the season, full disclosure, I put a, a little bit on uh, Desmond Bain. He's he was plus five thousand when I put a little money on it. So I feel like that's still a somewhat of a I still got a little hope, holding out a little hope there. Uh, I know his uh, his little funk that he fell into right before the All Star break kind of hurt those chances, but still. I think he's in, he's in the running for it, but I think it might be John Morant's to win. Yeah, right I think now. I think it's only competition is really somebody like Tyrese Maxey. Um, so I I'd be shocked if it wasn't Ja at this point. But Bain could have a explosive end of the season as well and and reinsert his name to that conversation. Uh, sixth man of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag about myself right here. I had uh, Tyler Hero uh, plus twenty five hundred. Uh, before the season started now if you go it's minus 1000 like basically they're giving him six man of the year award already uh because clark clarkson and ingles were the uh the two that were the favorites and you said mm. you would sprinkle a little on both of them because you figured it would be one of those two and i i didn't argue with you on it because i mean that was that was legit i just saw value in the tyler hero i had tyler hero and campaign both at plus 2500 six men of the year um but Tyler Hero, if you if you put ten bucks down, you'll win two fifty. If you put it down at the end of the season, no, that was a good call, Ben. That's but I, I, now it's time for me to to throw it back your way. Defensive Player of the Year. Now you didn't say Jaron this year, but you did say Jaron Jackson is going to be a guy that could be in the running almost every year uh, because he could. He's a guy that could average a couple blocks. Uh, a season and you were kind of talking about how Jaron Jackson could be a guy that could come up in the ranks on defensive player of the year. So. Okay. You were, you were pretty spot on on that. I mean, you, Jaron's kind of taking that defensive leap uh, a year early that to what you thought, but you did mention, I mean, honestly, we didn't know what we were going to get with Jaron. I mean, what we saw, what we saw at the end of last year, it was potentials there, but is he going to, are we, are we going to see that potential, you know, blossom this season, and we really have on the defensive end to where he is a contender, a legit contender for defensive player of the year. I mean, he leads the league in blocks, the total blocks, and I think maybe even blocks per game, and he's anchored a top defense. Um, he's the best defensive player on a the number three team in the NBA. Um, it's – I think people are going to look up and they're going to see – just how many votes he ends up with for that award. And I, and I would not be shocked to see him on uh, an all defensive team this year. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you were, you were spot on on that uh, MVP. Uh, you said dark horse Trey, but you put your money on Luca. We'll see. I mean, Luca, Luca's I mean, trying the last few games right before the all-star break. And he's uh, with Porzingis gone. It's his team. And, he could he could force his way into that conversation. Yeah, the Hawks suck, so there goes that one. Yeah, and we talked about Jaw. Jaw was plus forty five hundred. We we agreed on like it's worth putting maybe a buck on just because one dollar wins, you know, forty five bucks. But we we didn't take it seriously, honestly. I mean, nobody did at the beginning of the season. Like he's he's forced people to talk about that as a as a MVP candidate. Uh, but that's really on all the uh, we we did we did discuss Taylor Jenkins as a potential coach of the year, like you know sprinkle a little bit on it. It was plus twenty one hundred at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think it's about maybe thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred now. I think he's like one of the top five. Yeah, he's he's uh, got to be. Um, I think they're going to make up for last year and give it to Monty Williams though. I mean, it's fair. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's earned it. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on to the team, team uh, props. We the, the Grizzlies to make the playoffs was actually plus money. It was plus 110. So, you know, you bet 11, bet 10 bucks, win 11. Uh, we both said definitely, definitely worth the the play to make it intriguing. And then we also both mentioned the Hornets as team as a team that was they were plus one seventy five to make the playoffs. They are uh, they're right there. They're I think they're the nine spot in the East right now. So that's a play in. That's a chance. You know, all you need is a chip of chair, as I say. And then uh, I did mention the Kings, but they're not quite out of it. But that was they got, a, they got a shot. Sabonis Sabonis might help them get at least into the play-in with a shot at it. Yep. I mean, they were plus 380. The big one, though, uh, division winner, Grizzlies were plus 350. And then the Grizz-Mavs finishing 1-2 in the division was plus 450. Um, you were you were more confident than I was because, remember, I was, I was more – I was leaning more towards Dallas than I was the Grizzlies, but you talked me into it, so I did – I did sprinkle a little before the season started. I'm glad I did because right now it's looking like it's going to be Grizz Maps. One, I'll take, two, and I'll take my advisory cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, I'll buy you a beer because it wasn't that much that I put down on there, it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, conference uh, champions, you nailed it, man. Uh, well, sort of. Not the Suns. You had the Warriors plus five fifty. I had the Warriors plus five fifty. But in the East, you had the the Heat, plus 900. And looking at the stains right now, they are tied with the Chicago Bulls atop of the uh, Eastern Conference. So who, – Who did you take in the East? Um, I believe I took uh, – I took Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, that's they, not impossible. It's all close. It's jumbled up over there. Yeah. I mean, we were both, we were both out on the Nets and the Lakers just because, you know, we, we, we did agree that – well, I think we were out on the net. I was out on the nets more on betting on the nets was just because it was plus 100. Like it was even money. And I didn't think it was worth it because there were so many things that could go wrong. Well, that, now it's all going to get messed up because apparently the mayor is about to lift the uh, vaccine mandate um, yeah. in a couple of weeks. So who knows? That was the big news that came out today. And so, I mean, Brooklyn could, but, you know, they're also throwing Ben Simmons into the fold as well. So... I think uh, I think you got to heck. I mean, Chicago. We discussed them, but we, we I mean, it wasn't as a as a uh, conference champion. It was their win total, which is the final thing that we we'll get into real quick here. Um, you had them over forty two and a half, the Bulls. So you need four wins to get that. I like five that. wins. I think, I think we'll be all right. Um, Dallas, you had under four. We'll go with the the Grizzlies uh, division because you did you did do all of the uh, you did every single team in that, and I don't we don't necessarily have the time to go through all these and just calculate it, but uh, you did have Dallas under forty eight and a half. Right now they're at thirty five and twenty four. I think that might actually come down right to right down to the wire for you. Um. Yeah, I mean that'll get you a sweat in the last week of the the season. The Grizzlies were uh, forty one and a half. They need one win <laughs> to go over their Grizz to- the Vegas total, and we both told people to go over. But we did agree. We thought the Grizzlies would be closer to five hundred. Uh, 
when it was all said and done than they are going to be, which I'm not upset to be wrong on that one. Hey, we still called the over. That's what matters. We did. We still called the over, and we need one more win to go ahead and cash that out. Um, let's see here. San Antonio, you uh, 28 and a half. You had under 28 and a half. I did. That's one of the ones I took over 28 and a half. They need six wins uh, this season, but uh, they're 23 and 36. I mean, it's still possible that they could get under, but uh, nah, they'll hit the over. Uh, the Pelicans, 23, or excuse me, they have 23 wins right now. We both took under 39 and a half. Uh, I t- and I said that was my easiest bet to take, too. Yeah, you 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 said I'm gonna hammer it. Like that's just you said you're gonna hammer that one like nobody's business. And uh, they need a lot of wins to get the over on that, which I don't think they're gonna achieve. I mean, they gotta basically go. I think they can only lose what ten more games, if that. Well, if they if they even bring back uh, Zion, they're gonna lose a crap ton of games on the front end of that because. Trying to bring him back into the fold is going to be ugly, and I'm not even convinced he's coming back. Yeah, I think they got to win two out of every three games for the rest of the uh, the rest of the season. Sorry, and I don't, they're not going to do that. And then uh, finally, Houston, um, their total was 27 and a half. You had the over mm. 27 and a half. They're at 15 and 43 right now. It's possible, it's possible. Uh, not likely, but it's possible. You know, you get you get some teams down the stretch and. They start jockeying for that uh, that lottery. Houston will be one of them, but you know you got some other teams that are that are going to try and tank worse probably, and then you got young guys on Houston that are going to be trying to win. So it could be interesting. I mean, it, you you could give it a go. Um, your big one though was hit. Uh, your other one, big one to hit was uh, Orlando over twenty two and a half. They're at thirteen and forty seven. Any two more wins. Possible, but I've been very, yeah. very hurt by them. Yeah. But we both uh we we're both on top of the Grizz and Pelicans. Um on that one. Uh, Milwaukee, we had over 54 and a half. I don't know if that's gonna that's gonna be tough. They're at 36 and 24 right now. Mm, but yeah, I don't know about that one. I think it's just because the East is so competitive this year. Really, because I mean, you have you look at it. The top eight seeds are separated by seven games. The number one seeds Miami and Chicago are tied, and the number eight seed is Brooklyn, and there's seven behind those two teams. Yeah, that, that can all change quickly. Oh it, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's gonna it's gonna change quickly. But yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, we're if you if you followed our betting advice, you're making money this year, no matter what, when it comes down to it. If you so, followed all of our advice, you're going to be in the positive. What I'm, what yes. we're trying to tell you here is when we tell you to bet the bear, just listen to us. Yes, I'm trying to come up with uh, something else because it looks like my other bets that uh, I started that I've given on here that Vegas has kind of caught up on, and uh, they're not as profitable as they once were. Yeah. Uh, speaking of these futures bets, I hit and cashed my first two ever futures bets this year, Ben. Oh, yeah? Yes, I picked the Super Bowl winner back in September. And I picked Micah Parsons to win Defensive Rookie of the Year back in September. That's nice. That's uh, You probably uh, got a pretty penny. 
they were plus both of them were about plus 650 each okay i just thought they were both at least the michael parson ones was obvious um the the rams gave me a little bit of a scare throughout the season but uh (laughs) yeah my first two my first two future bets that i actually hit on so that was that was fun because my account was down to zero and i was forbidden to replenish it um and so it replenished on its own it's always nice to just uh get some money out of nowhere you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so we we did all that again um I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of impressed at at how spot on we all we were with a lot of stuff. Um, I guess that's uh, one of the reasons that we're entrusted to do this uh, this angle of covering uh, basketball. Um, but the Grizzlies do have a season to finish. Uh, the NBA has a season to finish, and we're the Grizzlies are 22 games away from uh, going to the postseason again barring something insane they're going to avoid the play in and ben i'm gonna put it out there right here right now on this podcast i haven't even told you this i haven't said this to anybody but i think the grizzlies can finish the season as the first seed in the entire nba okay i mean i'm i agree with you just because of the injuries that some of the teams have uh, have come across but i like the confidence um, you know, the Chris, I was, the Chris uh, Paul injury is a huge deal. Yes. Yes, it is. And so, not a lot of people are talking about it being that big of a deal. Like no one's really put into context. Like you have campaign who struggled all season. I mean, he hasn't really got going that, that much this season and he's, he's their point guard now. So, I mean, it's time for the Grizzlies. They, they, that's a lot of time, you know, they have a nice lead in the, in the West, but it's not unreachable. Yeah, eight eight game, uh, eight games back. We're only a game and a half back of the Warriors with the tiebreaker. Um, the Warriors were sputtering down the stretch, um, and it's just to me without Chris Paul, I think there's gonna be some tough times ahead for Phoenix. I don't know their strength of schedule going forward. I don't know the Warriors' strength of schedule, but we do know that the Grizzlies is fairly easy. Um, yeah with plenty of rest ahead as well. So I I think I, I think they can do it. Like at, at the very least, I believe they will finish with a better record than anybody in the East. Um therefore if for some insane reason they make a run to the finals, they'll have home court in the finals. Like can you imagine this team making it where the grit and grind team couldn't make and so soon? No, I mean, I, I would be shocked. Like I, if you told me that before the season started, I would have, I would just laughed at you because I mean, I didn't think it was possible for the Stephen. Be- I mean, we were talking about them even just like, we thought it'd be a success if this team wasn't in the play in game. Yep. Like if they made the playoffs without being in the playing game of top six seed in the West. Now we're actually talking about them being possibly the number one seed in the West. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, it, in just the first year, really, of uh, – I mean, I guess you could say it's the second year, but, I mean, this is really the first year, I guess, on the timeline, and they're exceeding expectations. And also, I know I know you uh, – it was just a slip-up, but you didn't mention that the Grizzlies will be getting back a important piece uh, 
in the second half of the season. I I will admit there was a slip up when I said that they were forty and twenty. They're actually forty one and nineteen. Um, that that was the <laughs> only slip up that happened. <laughs> so eventually, Dylan Brooks he is on the injured list as being out tomorrow. <sighs> but Dylan Brooks will be returning. So um, that is that is something that's going to happen. Real quick though, like real talk. I know, I know. We all know your opinion about Dylan Brooks. What's it going to be like when he returns to the lineup? I mean, they're only going to have twenty-ish, like say less than twenty games. Yeah, they're going to have twenty less than twenty games to get him, work him into the rotation. With the way this team is playing so well together, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, don't want to talk about it, don't want to even acknowledge that this is a could be a potential issue but i mean it's a real deal yeah so i I hate this word because it's it's cringy the vibes or whatever that are on this team he he's obviously very much a part of that and an influence on that and the guys love him it, it is my understanding that if John Morant wanted Dylan Brooks gone, Dylan Brooks would have been gone. From what I can tell is this roster going forward is going to be what Ja wants this roster to be. Um, And so he's coming back. It's inevitable. And this is where my concern falls. It's not like we could have used him – to body up Luca in those matchups. Um, we need his physicality to bother um, these these guards that can go off, like the C.J. McCollums and uh, the Anthony Simons, just, just to be physical with them. Now, Dylan Brooks cannot, cannot stay in front of quick guys like Simons or Steph Curry or those kind of guys. But he, he can run with uh, – LeBron, he can run with uh, C.J. McCollum. He can run with probably even Devin Booker, Clay Thompson. Like, he'll have value there. But the defensive side is not my concern. My concern is him fitting into what they are doing offensively because they are just harmonious, one of the, the best offensive teams in the entire NBA, and it's because there is flow. They everybody is a part of the system, and we see the system done in Milwaukee. We saw it done in Atlanta. It's 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 designed to get multiple people shots, but in in no world should I ever see him being third on this team in attempts ever again. It, it's got to be Ja, probably Desmond Bain second, and then Jaron third. Uh, in order for this team to be successful. And I, and I just wonder if, if they just go back to default and put him in a starting lineup, how that's going to really jack with the offensive flow. I am of the opinion that the, the super sub bench version of Dylan Brooks is probably the ultimate version that you want from him. But I also understand that come playoff time, you probably don't want Zaire Williams starting at the three. Now, his length, he has, he has been better than people anticipated and way better than he was at the beginning of the season. 
He still shows his rookie flashes. He's still not very strong, but his length has bothered people on a number of occasions. And his shot looks really, really good right now. And he doesn't freaking force it. He just spots up, knocks down corner threes, and might hit a mid-range shot here and there and catches lobs from 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 Ja. And that's all the Grizzlies need out of that three spot is somebody to do those things. So let Dylan run with with Tyus and BC and and Kyle and those guys off the bench and and Melton and just let him get his shots because he's he's made it very obvious, very clear that he's he's going to shoot like because he doesn't he believes at all times every shot he takes is going to go in. So do it off the bench. That's that's all I ask. Right. The 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 thing with uh, Zaire is. He's got confidence, but Dylan's got overconfidence. And there's a big difference for what the Grizzlies are doing right now. Um, they need somebody like Zaire in the lineup, like you said. He's got that confidence. And we've going back to before last season, we even agreed that like Dylan Brooks would be fantastic coming off the bench because his energy uh, he can score quickly. He can score a bunch of buckets quickly. And also, that was also a worry. Um, where were the Grizzlies going to get points off the bench? Yeah. And, and that, that solves two problems. And just because he doesn't start doesn't mean you don't close with him. Like, I, I, I get I get the argument that you probably want him in the closing lineup because of his energy and his, and his physicality and his defense. Okay, fine. But – don't mess with what's going well. Like, don't, don't, just throw him back in there. And, and I think what I'm worried about is, will his ego allow him to come off the bench? Well, I would hope that the conversation's already been had. If that's kind of what they're looking at, because you can't just, you know, all of a sudden when he comes back, you're like, well, you're coming off the bench. Like, Chase Star will probably come off the bench in the first game, but if the plan is for him to have be, you know, six man for this team. That conversation should have already happened by now. Yeah, you're right. I, I for one, and I, I know I'm not going to be alone in this. Um, there's going to be a couple of people at GBB that probably feel the same way. I am going to be devastated at the loss of John Conchar minutes because he has been a beast. So you feel like he's going to be the one? He's going to be the one with the most minutes lost. He's going to be the, the casualty pretty much when Dylan returns. So here's why I think that because Kleiman is still just developing a team. Okay. He's not going to just cut Zaire, have Zaire cut from the rotation because it's the playoffs. These are moments for Zaire to learn what the playoffs are like. So I very much believe that he's still going to be thrown into the heat of battle at times. Now, if we're looking at, you know, game six elimination, game seven elimination. Obviously, we're going to do what it takes to win. But like game one, game two, game three, I think Zaire, you could probably see, get some heavy minutes because it's about developing right now. This is still the very beginning of the window. Um, so I, I think it would be Conchar that's the odd man out, even though I, I don't I don't like that at all because he he is always in the right place at the right time, making the right play and the right decision, and he can shoot. So he just he just does a lot of valuable things. I think at times more valuable than DeAnthony Melton. Okay. 
I mean, I don't, I don't have an argument against that. Um, I just thought it was interesting that you, you feel like it's going to be Conchar is going to be the one that that gets kind of screwed over here. Well, I mean, you know, Taylor Jenkins loves eleven man rotations, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he runs. Yeah, maybe he runs him in there uh, as the eleventh guy. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be. I think a, I think the Grizzlies. I, I don't think we're, we're getting to sixty wins by any means, but I, I think a, a 55, 56, maybe pushing for the best you know record in franchise history is is a plausible thing, um, and. I'm hoping I can find a way to land uh, my butt in a seat at a playoff game uh, with this team. Come on, man. You know we're going to be working. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping um, that since I'm local, um, that basketballnews.com will will get me credentialed to be there. I would think so. I mean, it's playoffs. And the Grizzlies are now much-watched basketball. They're not the – I mean, I'm sure they're going to get a game on NBA TV, but they're not the – we're going to put them on NBA TV at 6.30 so we can play the Lakers and whoever they're playing at 8 or whatever like that. They're not that anymore. They, people want to watch the Grizzlies. Well, ESPN still flexes them off for stupid games. Well, yeah. So we can watch uh, – what was it? Was it, it, it was a Knicks and somebody. Knicks. I mean, wasn't it Brooklyn and New York? Or it might have been. It was – was it was, was it a Pelicans game. game too? Pelicans Spurs or something like that? Maybe. I don't know. It was garbage. Whatever it was. Yeah. Oh no, no doubt. <sighs> All right. Well, anything you want to close out with as we uh, we jump off this, uh, I guess, final quarter preview. Uh, you think the Grizzlies get to open up uh, the second half of the win? Man, I don't know. Timberwolves are tough. They're they're a good team over there. Um, they, Anthony Edwards, uh, I think, is playing the part of a Grizz killer. Um, I think he he's gonna be tough, and he, that's another guy that you want dealing around just for the the physicality on him. That dude is insanely talented. Um, I was wrong about him too, by the way. Um, but I, you know, I I'm at the point now where I don't I'm done betting against the Grizzlies because they. Uh, just seem to always prove you wrong. So I think they can. Uh, and I think they're going to just hopefully get off to a rolling start and maybe we can catch uh, a team or two ahead of us. Speaking of betting, real quick, here's my uh, here's my little tip, I guess. If you think the Grizzlies are going to win, bet them to cover. The last time they have the closing line, the last time they haven't covered the closing line, when they won was back in December against the Lakers. Every single game they've won, they've either covered or pushed. The push was the seven uh, point win uh, right before the, uh, I guess it was against Charlotte. Cause that was a close. I got it. I actually got it at six and a half. So I got lucky, but it, it got bumped up to seven right before tip, but still that was the closing line. So the last time that they haven't, covered or pushed when they won was in December. Two months. Two months. And ago. that is your nugget from the uh, resident Grizzly Bear Blues degenerate, Ben Hogan. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, 
I don't think that Monday uh, we'll be able to record next week because uh, the Carville girls were headed to Central High School Friday night for first round of regionals. Um, we anticipate to be victorious on that night and move on to round two against Arlington High School, our, our bitter rivals, um, on Monday night for the right to play for the regional championship, um, which will probably be against either Bartlett or uh, White Station. So we got a we got a tough road ahead of us, but uh, Ben, glad to be back. Uh, yes, and, and hopefully, thank you. Hopefully, we'll be able to reconvene uh, much sooner than this this last break that we had. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. All right, enjoy Grizzlies basketball tonight. Enjoy the rest of the season, um, and stick with us and the rest of the podcast over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, you can find us anywhere that you can find podcasts and make sure you check out Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies on Twitter and grizzlybearblues.com. Until next time, this has been another episode of the 3 and D pod.